I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Today's episode of The Leaf Report is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. With fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn, or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to Robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield APY on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. been playing like an MVP, so um, keeps coming up huge for us. Obviously, uh, drives play, and you know when he gets his opportunities, he knows how to put him in. Welcome back to the podcast, James. Hey, how are you? <laughs> it's been a long time, hey. It has been a long time. It's probably been, so before Christmas, we're early in January. It's probably been like three weeks, something like that. Yep. I think, Good yep. thing not there much been... has changed with the team. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess they were sort of on the upswing, right? The last time we recorded. It's just that they continued to win a lot of games so they're kind of like they continued on the trajectory i think of what we were talking about the last time we we did the podcast yes it's just gotten a, a little bit more i don't know if real is the right word substantial just because the the number of games has increased um but it's like you look at the atlantic division it's gotten a lot tighter obviously tampa is like back in it and man they might win it who knows um, 
but let's let's take a bigger picture look before we get into like some more nitty gritty. And I also want to look back on some of the predictions that you and I made uh, before the start of the season. Uh, but what's like your overview? You've been a, you've been away for a bit. You're back. What are you thinking about the team? Like, what's on your mind? I'm back, baby. Um, you know what I think is they 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 put up that great record, right? Mm-hmm. You know, nine zero and one, nine one and one, whatever. You know, over the the second half of December, early January. Um, but you look at they played a lot of weak teams. The schedule was relatively soft. Um, a lot of home games thrown in there. I think that we'll see if they can continue this. Like, is this is this like a a new coach bounce mm-hmm. that we're getting in these twenty games, or is this? I, there are some elements to this that are real for sure. I mean, there are some things that Sheldon keeps doing where it's really working, um, including playing his star players more, um, including you know leaning on the top power play unit more and you know, some of the changes he's made with the line combinations. But, you know, they've had a lot of injuries. There's going to be some guys coming back with Andreas Janssen and, and Trevor Moore soon. Um, and and Jake Muzzin's out. And the, the D has been somewhat challenged. Frederick Anderson hasn't been as good lately. I don't know. Those are That's my random scattering of <laughs> thoughts about everything. It's just like... Okay, so they've they've had this great run. They're back kind of in the position where we thought. They they kind of are the team we thought they were going to be. They're basically on pace for the same number of points as they were last year. What happens next? You know, what happens next is going to define kind of can the Leafs make a push for the division? Can they make a push for home ice? Um, can they build on what they've done so far? Or, you know, we'll see. I mean, I don't – how are you feeling about the way that they're playing? Well, so you raised a, a bunch of interesting topics. Um, I think what's interesting on a couple of points. One, Sheldon Keith, Keith continues to talk about the fact that uh, where they are now is not where he wants them to be. Like he still thinks there's another level to where they get, which makes sense. I mean, he's only been in charge less than two months. Um, seven weeks. Seven weeks, yeah, so just under. Um the other thing that I think is interesting uh, when you're talking about like the second half and like what what what's it going to look like, I guess it feels like there's there's three tracks. Like they can continue to play at a pace something like this, maybe not like 700, but like inflated from what you know maybe we expected. They can kind of come back down to earth and be a little bit more normal. And then the other option, obviously, is that they they fall off and slide. That feels like the least likely of the the three. I, I'd kind of lean towards the middle track. And yet, you mentioned Frederick Anderson. If he plays better, if they continue to score a bunch, maybe not four goals a game, I don't know. Like Maybe maybe they can play at like a 600-ish points percentage. Like You look at St. Louis last year after they got going once Craig Berube took over. Like They didn't start great, which is kind of the case with, with Keefe too. But then like from January 1st, they were right with Tampa as the best team in the league. So I don't know. I I feel like it might be in between those, those top two categories. Like, do you kind of feel the same way? Well, I mean, they've been the best team in the league in the 22 games that they've played under Keefe. They're 15, five and two. All of their underlying numbers are strong. Like 
possessions up to 54%, expected goals 55%. You know, the only teams that have been better than them in expected goals at even strength have been Tampa and Vegas uh, over the stretch that Keefe has been coach. Um, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, the shoot, shooting percentage is a bit high. and But it looks very real. I mean, it doesn't seem to be, un- unless, like, there's some sort of major injury to... You know, you don't need to say to Barris, people will think Matthews, them. Anderson, jinx them all. More than more than one defenseman. Um, we're we're kind of in this. January is going to lead into February, and I think that they're probably going to be busy trying to do something uh, in advance of the trade deadline, which is which is early this year. Uh, I think it's the twenty fourth of February. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not that far away from that. You know, we're only six, seven weeks away from that. And they've got their work cut out for them to try and do something at the deadline just because they have to free up salary in order to make that happen. But I think they're going to try and, and do something. And and I think that what they've done to date under Keefe is is fairly real. I mean, that's not to say they're going to play at like a 730 win points percentage the rest of the way. But mm-hmm. no one's talking now about are they going to miss the playoffs or – you know, the doom and gloom that we were in even only like a month ago, it's gone. Yeah, and, and honestly, it, it it shows you just what kind of streak it took to get themselves back on the track that we thought they'd be on, that they should be on. Like you they had to go, what is it now? Fifteen, five and fifteen, five, five and two. Five and two? Okay. Fifteen, five and two under Keith. So that's yeah. like a pr- right, like you said, it's like the best streak in the league. So they had to be the best team in the league for a quarter of the season just to make up for the first quarter of the season, basically. Um, yeah. Which is stunning. Like that's just what it takes. Let's dig into like some of the nitty gritty of what's going on right now before we get to some predictions. You wrote about Austin Matthews after the game on Wednesday night when he scored his 30th and 31st goals. Um, if people haven't read that story at the athletic go there after you listen to the podcast. And actually, if you're not a subscriber, it's the athletic.com slash leaf report. For forty percent off, is that right, James? Yep. Okay, so it's a, hell, it's a hell of a deal. I think what's really interesting right now, and you touched on it in your story, is that he's still growing, kind of what he is as a goal scorer. Like you kind of figure a guy who comes in his first year, first game, scores four goals, scores forty his first season. You kind of think like that's what he is, and yet, like you can still see him expanding what he is as a goal scorer, and obviously the most notable thing is the one timer, which is becoming something to be feared. What are you kind of thinking about when you think of his progress as a goal scorer? Because right now, like he's really hot right now, obviously, but it just feels like every time he shoots the puck, it has a very high chance of going in. Like he's getting all kinds of looks. So he's on pace for 56 goals and he's on a heater. He's got 12 goals in his last 11 games. So I kind of suspected that digging into the numbers some more that what I was going to find is that some of it was unsustainable and that it wasn't really going to be able to continue. But that's not really what I see. And if you look at the numbers, that's not really what, like, I don't know that I I wouldn't predict he's going to get 56 goals, but 50 looks really really reasonable right now really reasonable i mean he's already at 31 but there's nothing in we talked about the underlying numbers for the team 
they, they look good. There's nothing in Matthew's underlying numbers that says he can't do this. You know, his shooting percentage on the season is not outlandish. Uh, under Keefe, it's a little bit high. But you need to factor in that he's playing more. He's playing with Marner. He's playing more on the top power play unit. Um, you can even argue that like the Leafs have taken so f- uh, have been on so few power plays under Keefe, the lowest in the league. Like it's like two a game. It's it's incredible how low it is. Leafs are only on the power play an average of three minutes a game. This is the lowest. They've they've been a team that hasn't been on the power play very much at all the last what like two two and a half years. Now it's at like its lowest point of the low. Um, if that starts to change and then Matthews is on the power play a little bit more, I mean, it's 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 possible that he gets to 56, 57, 58 goals. I think 60 is probably a little bit too far, but, you know, that range there between 50 and 57, that, that seems where he's headed. And it, that's, I was looking at it last night, the number of players that have had you know, more than 50 goals. Like Ovechkin's the only one that's had more than that's had 53 or more in the last, in the last eight years. It's, it's really incredible. Well, and it reminds you like that as much as we've seen so far in, again, like you pointed this out in your story, like he's still just getting better. Like he's, he's only 22. Um, Like the game against Winnipeg, it didn't look close. Like he looked like the best player on the ice, and I don't know who was second, but the gap was there was a gap. You know what I mean? Like it's funny, like you bring up that game and that opponent, and and obviously the guy who he's connected to just because of when they were drafted is Patrick Line. It's not even like they're in different worlds now. You know what I mean? Like they came into the league and it was like, Oh my god, Patrick, look at how Patrick Line is scoring. Like this guy and even like his career so far, like he's scoring at elite rates for someone so young in his career. But Matthews is on like, has put himself on like a different planet. And, and that's why yeah, like you start like, to he What's that? Sorry. He's, he's on the Ovechkin planet. Yeah. Like, and that's nobody else. There's not very many people that live there. No, yeah. only one. And he's Russian. And he's a winger and yeah. Yeah. And he, and like Ovechkin, Ovechkin has like a shot volume kind of, approach yeah and he puts up a lot of those goals on the power play whereas Matthews you know Matthews isn't even shooting the puck getting four shots on goal a game and he's scoring most of his goals at even strength and you look at his career to date you know other than this stretch with with Marner and and the times he's played with Nylander he's you know he's had times where it's been Hyman on his line where it's been Connor Brown on his line where it's been Patrick Marlowe on his line like it's you know, there's, there's a, it's just really, really impressive what he's been able to do. Well, to your point about the shots. So this is, we are recording this on Thursday afternoon. These are the shot leaders in the NHL. Ovechkin 210, McKinnon 204, Max Pacioretty, wild card, 190, David Pasternak 173, Austin Matthews 169. So it's not like he doesn't shoot a lot, but he also... He's not one of those guys like Ovechkin that's going to get five shots every game. Although, you know, with his minutes being what they are, I mean, he played, what do you get, 26 minutes, almost 26 minutes against Winnipeg? Like, that's incredible. You know, he passed his his previous career high by almost a minute in that game. 
And the previous career high was one he had set a couple weeks before. So Sheldon Keefe is looking at the way that he's playing and just leaning on him as hard as he possibly can. I think it's a worthwhile debate if, you know, how many minutes is too many minutes for these guys. It's a debate that we've had in the past with Connor McDavid and when he's had some games where he's playing, you know, 25, 26 minutes. Um, but on average, Matthews under Keefe is still around the 20 minute mark. Like, it's not like there have been games where he's dialed him back as well. When he, when he feels like he doesn't, he doesn't have it going. Um, he hasn't been afraid to, to go with some other guys. It's a, it's a really fine line to strike because so since Keefe took over, uh, he's at 2042 a game. Um, it's really gone up the last little while. Like you look at the last, I don't know, 10 games or whatever this is. I'm just playing around on hockey reference last eight games, 22 and a half minutes. So like he's leaning harder and harder on him. And there is like, you understand it because you're probably standing behind the bench. You're shouting Keith and you're like, man, this guy, like you watch that Winnipeg game. You're like, he is going like, and, and if I'm the Leafs, I'm thinking like we're trailing, like, and he's going, I'm going to get him out there as often as possible. You just wonder like when the line is between pushing it too far. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that line is. Like even John Tavares, I think played twenty five minutes against the Jets as well, which has he wasn't having a good night, and he was having a, a rough night. Um, I don't. So you got your top two centers, and they're playing fifty some minutes. Well, you know what? That's a casualty. Of? That doesn't leave a whole lot of doesn't leave a whole lot of ice time for everybody else. Well, part of that is what what's happened at their third line center position. Like when you go from Nazem Kadri to a big question mark, it changes. Like if they had Kadri on that third line, I don't think they would be playing Matthews and Tavares that much. Um, they haven't figured well, it they've out. Also, right? They've also kind of stacked their lines a little bit. Yeah, you know, that's true. Like, I, I like the look of moving Kerfoot up on the wing. I think that, I mean, he's even said that it's easier to play. He finds it easier to play on the wing. And 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 you get him out there with Tavares and Nylander, and he, he fits in. Like, he's a puzzle piece that works. Whereas you put him with lesser talents and you put him at center, all of a sudden he's not as dynamic of a player. And But the problem is that leaves you with Adam Brooks as your fourth-line center, who's a rookie who's played, what's he played, six games. And Jason Spezza, who's an old man like me, and there's only so many minutes you want to play him in games as well. So it's um, I don't know that it's sustainable to play your top two centers fifty plus minutes over and over again. But I think what Keith's trying to do is is situationally do it in games where he feels like he needs to do it, he does, and in games where. You know, if they get out to a three nothing lead, then he's not going to lean on. He's not going to play Matthews twenty six minutes. Well, do you know and what's interesting Keith- about that, James? Sorry to interrupt. Um, like about the strategic use, he mentioned this last month in New York. That the- that's what I was going to say. Well, you weren't there. I was there, <laughs> so don't steal. <laughs> well, you can say it. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that he talked about. And it's really interesting that lean hard on your star players in the first period. Mm-hmm. Get out to that lead. And then, like I said, if you're up two nothing or three nothing or four nothing or whatever, you're more comfortable and you can start playing some of your other lines a little bit more. And it there's there's some logic to that. And then if you need to find and the other thing too, I think that's happening, Jonas, is that part of the reason Matthews plays so much is because Keith looks at the schedule and he's like, well, like fuck, we're like we're not playing till Sunday. We're we got an outdoor shinny game on Thursday. We got a day off Friday. We're in Florida on Saturday. Like. 
He's 22 years old. He's playing great. Let's just play the crap out of him. And I'm not sure I believe that. Well, it's looking at the schedule. It's managing the schedule. Like if this yeah, was a that, week where that, they that, had four games and a back-to-back, then you don't lean on him as much. Yeah, but Saturday night he played 22 minutes. Then two nights later he played 23 minutes. And then two nights after that he played 26. I don't know. Like that the... Yeah, because it's a light week on the schedule with like the break coming up and like the all-star breaks coming up and the bye week and yeah, maybe. there's going to be, they know there's gaps coming. Yeah. And whereas earlier in the season, like when Babcock was the coach, like they were playing, they were playing like 3.8 something games a week, which is, which is ridiculous. You know, the NHL schedule averages about 3.1 games a week. Um. And when you're under that, I mean, maybe take advantage of that and just lean on some of your guys. And there was the Christmas break as well. And I think that that's why, you know, you look at the really high minute games. Matthew's got a lot of them there around the Christmas break when he got a little bit of a rest. I tend to lean. He got got some time with Bieber. Yeah, man, that guy. Yeah, we shouldn't even get into Bieber. Um, What? That's going to be a whole segment, I thought. Yeah, sorry. Canceled. He's out. How many Bieber songs do you know? That's a good question. Because uh, I know a few and like a few. Some are pretty good. But I'm going to guess the documentary. I watched the documentary about him that's like from when he was really young. What's, what's it's called like Never Say Never or something I like that? I never saw it. It was actually pretty good. Yeah, I should watch it. But like I don't so you know. You don't know any songs. Zero. Isn't it one, isn't one's called Sorry, right? Nice, James. Nailed it. Good job. Is it too late to say I'm sorry? That's exactly how it goes. Good song. Um, I kind of lean, I think. And then there's one called Never Say Never, right? Don't know. Because that's in the movie a lot. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's one I do not know. That might be from like It's like some of his old stuff. And wasn't there one called Baby or something? Yes, I believe that's true. Well, you told me to name Bieber songs and I'm doing it. Okay, well, now I'm cutting you off. This this is out of control. Um, You know what's funny is that one one of our editors, uh, Ian Denemy, is from Stratford. So he has, he knows, he's got lots of. Bieber facts, and he's a he's a big time Bieber fan. He put Stratford on the map. Actually, Who, did Den- he? Denemy or Bieber? The Biebs. <laughs> but Denemy too. Um, let's let's keep going. I I kind of tend. I don't know where you stand on this. I kind of lean more to. I think it's a little much. Like I I kind of saw more logic in in Mike Babcock's rationale that. Well, except you're losing games. Yeah, like they're not losing games now. And yet, I also understand it because they're. I don't think their lineup is... Obviously, they've had injuries. That's hurt. But I think like when you don't have Kadri, I think that makes a big difference. Like the fact that they don't totally or haven't really had a third line that like is like... I don't know the word. Anyway, this... this, this Cromulent? What's the word? Cromulent? I don't know what that means. It's from The Simpsons. Okay. <laughs> Still don't know what it means. It means like adequate. Yeah. Okay. Good word. Nice job, James. This it's one is it's one of the, it's from The Simpsons episode. They they made up some words and then it now it's like in the dictionary and stuff. Like now it's a real word. Wow. Good for them. Good show. I use it in my stories sometimes and eagle eye commenters pointed out. <laughs> All right, well, I was going to segue into uh, talking a little bit about Anderson, but he kind of comes up in in our predictions. So I think that's where we're going to do it. Um, Are you ready to start some predictions? 
Yeah, I didn't read the thing you wrote yet. That's good. I'm going to read it later. That's okay. So, so I don't know what's happening. So basically, for people who don't know, before the season, when was this? Uh, late September. Mid-September. James and I did late uh, some predictions for the Leafs. Some were bold, mostly mine. Some were not bold, mostly James. So now we're going to go oh, through yeah. them and kind of look. Mine come true, and then now they're going to get, you're going to yeah, throw shade at them just because I was right. They weren't very bold. In, in looking back, I nailed I nailed my predictions. Okay, let's start with number yours, one. Well, yours are yours are hugely subpar. Well, they're getting better. <laughs> so the idea was that we made the predictions before the season. Now we're going to look back and see how they look. Number one, this was one of my predictions: the Leafs win the Atlantic, and my confidence in that was thirty five percent. It is. I am not as confident in that now, and yet. I am more confident today than I was a month ago or two months before that. What do you think the chances are of them winning the division? I think you told me, like Dom calculated the math. Yeah, so I got not I, good. So I got I got the math on all of these. So this is going to be. Yeah, I mean, he ran the math on the ones that he could. This is Dom was at the game last night. He was in the stands. So midnight, he sends me his the math for this stuff. Chances of the Leafs winning the Atlantic right now are three percent. So. Your uh, your prediction is in, in dire jeopardy right now. But the problem with that number is is they win. They beat Tampa three times or whatever. Like It can go up depending on yeah, but what happens Jonas, what's here. the chances of them beating Tampa three times? It's pretty small. Yeah, true. I, I think it's better than that. Because if you look at Boston, Boston plays more games on the road coming up in the second half. Their schedule gets a bit tougher. Presumably, the Leafs will get healthier than they've been. I don't know if they can continue to play like this. If Anderson turns things around, I think that will help. I think there are factors in play that could see them nestle their nudge. Nudge, that's the right word. Nudge their way in there. And yet, I kind of think Tampa's going to end up winning the division. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, like the Leafs are the third most likely team to win it, and they're up against two other really good teams. And I think that if the Leafs can get second, that they have to feel pretty good about that. And that, I mean, obviously you try and win the division, but I don't know that I'm going to play Austin Matthews 26 minutes a night the rest of the way trying to win the division. Sounds like you are. I think you're all in on that. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I said you do it strategically in games when you need to. And I think that makes sense. Well, so if you don't, let's say you win the division, who do you play? I'm trying to, I got to go to the stand. Oh, oh, it's just one of the wildcard teams. It's probably someone from the Metro. So like it would Carolina, be like Philadelphia. Carolina or the Islanders, maybe, hmm. you know, whatever teams don't win the divisions on, on the, win the division on the Metro side, you could potentially face. Okay. Prediction number two, this one, courtesy of Myrtle. This is probably your boldest one and you weren't even very confident in it. The Leafs play at least one game with less than a 20 man roster. This has not happened yet, obviously. Uh, they, Cap Mageddon has not happened. No. It, we were waiting for it to happen, and then a bunch of other guys started getting hurt, and they've just cycled different people onto long-term injured reserve. And um, if this is going to happen, I mean, it probably still is going to happen in February when, when Muzzin comes back, unless someone else gets hurt. Like it, I, I should clarify Catmageddon is still going to happen. I don't know for sure if it's going to happen that they have to play with less than a full roster. Probably not. Probably not. It just feels like one of those years where they're just like it. 
everybody's getting injured all the time. Yeah, what happened to the sports science? Jeremy Bettle leaves and then everything falls <laughs> apart. Guys start getting skate cuts and they got to get Jeremy Bettle back. They shouldn't have let him go to the Ducks. I wonder how the Ducks man games lost situation is. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm sure the current staff could have stopped. Uh, who is it? Uh, Jesper Bratz skate from cutting Ilya Mikheyev. No one needs to know that. Okay, number three. Anyway, I'm not. I'm not super comfortable in that prediction. No, coming true, but it still. It still could. Yeah, sure. Well, we don't know how long Muzzin's going to be out. It, it's. It's unclear. It's. It's not anytime soon. Or it doesn't look like it. Number three. This was mine. This is my best prediction. I think William Nylander scores thirty goals. That's about what he's on pace for, right? Thirty-five. He's on pace for 35. Yeah. See, even I didn't know that. And I cover the team extremely closely. So do you want to know something interesting that uh, will be in the article accompanying this podcast? Um, If you look at like Nylander's five-on-five numbers, so he's already scored more five-on-five goals this year than he's ever scored in a season before. And what's really interesting that I, I noticed is he's actually attempting less shots per 60 minutes than he did in any of the other full seasons, but he's scoring more. His shooting percentage is up. And I wonder like how much of it is like what his teammates joke about. Like he is actually hitting the net and he is like really <laughs> capitalizing on his chances. Like he's also shooting. I was going to say, yeah. I wonder if Sheldon Keefe sat down with him day one when he was named coach and just strangled him like Homer Simpson does to bark <laughs> and said, stop miss, stop missing the net. Well, stop, just, just, just hit the net, Willie. You know what also helps? Enough. Shooting from in tight and shooting from like good, I don't know what you want to call it, but like you look at where he's shooting from, it's all around the net. This is kind of what I thought he was capable of. Like years back, like I wondered if like this guy was a 30 goal scorer just because like you looked at his shot and you looked at his skill and you figured like this has to translate into something. And he's also become like a really important part of their first power play unit, which is a credit to Keith for getting him on there. So he's on pace for like, what is it? Like 55 even strength points. Like he's, you know, that's going to put him pretty high up in the league rankings. Like that's, that's a lot. He's only got 10 points on the power play. Well, you remember that the year before he had the contract thing, he was like, if you looked at his, Per sixty stats, like he was right up there in 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 five on five scoring, if I'm not mistaken. So Dom says he puts it at fifty two percent that he gets over thirty goals. He he thinks this is somewhat unsustainable where he's at right now. Well, so if you look, his shooting percentage is a bit high, but I believe it can stay high. I like I don't know. He's shooting like fifteen percent or fourteen percent five on five, which is high. No, I th- oh, five on five, yeah. He's at 16 overall, which is... It's high, but like he's, a, like, he's like a you're 13, getting, uh, 11, 12, something like that. Yeah, his career, he's at 11. Yeah. Last last year, he shot 5.4%. Yes. Anyone who was predicting that he was not worth the contract based on last season was badly mistaken. Yes. As I, as I noted in my story, William Nylander Island is filling up. It's getting busy. He has an island? Yeah, it's getting busy. I thought only Roby Daw had an island. I'm the mayor of the island, and now it's we're, we're over-packed with visitors. Number four. This, you have, 
You have an island? Yeah. This is this is a James Myrtle special. This was really bold, James. Cody CC doesn't last in the top four. Yeah. Very bold. One. Isn't the headline on the freaking prediction thing bold and not so bold predictions or something? Yes, that's isn't true. That we, this was my we, creation. This we, whole thing is my creation. Isn't that what you called it? Yeah. Sorry about that. But yours are all the not bold ones. And you're going to be right for most of them. What I predicted something that they were going to play with short of a 20-man roster, which has happened like twice in NHL history. That was the bold. only bold one. Anyway, Cody Cece. What I made thought we you... were supposed to predict things that might happen, oh, not God. like... All right, James. Get into Cody Cece. What made you think that this wasn't going to happen, and where do you think it stands now? I just didn't think he was very good. <laughs> I... I... Just watching him, I didn't think... I mean, they were playing him in tough minutes with Riley, who was playing hurt. Even in preseason, you could see that they were having a hard time making the connection work between them, and it didn't work. I mean, Cody CC. I don't know. If, do, do I want to say he is what we thought he was? Yeah. I guess, sure. I, guess he can't, I guess that's probably true. I mean, he's got seven points in 45 games. I don't know. I mean, like where we're talking about, I was talking about the trade deadline. Like if they need to free up some money to make something happen, I mean, who's a better candidate for them to trade other than Cody CC? Well, if you're adding a defenseman and you need to subtract someone from your six, he's obviously the guy. Um, I still just need to get rid of some money. Yeah. You need to get rid of a couple million bucks. Like you just got to like find a home for him so you can bring someone else in. Like when the problem when you're in long-term injured reserves, you don't accrue cap space over time. So they're not building any, any, any dollars they bring in, they got to get rid of. So Cody Cece, I mean, that that's a guy that you look at who they might potentially trade to make something happen. It's got to be him. Well, if you're trading with the team and if you're trading with the team for a defenseman, presumably that team is, is out of it. And presumably the Leafs are going to want someone who, has term, not necessarily like maybe that's not the case, but I'm, I guess the point I'm getting to is that I don't think it's going to be a big deal for that team to take back Cody CC and just have him play out the year and go to UFA. Yep. Yep. And maybe that team retains salary on the guy they give up. And right. Like they're not going to, you know, if it's, I'm going to say Detroit, but I don't know that they have a defenseman that the Leafs would want. But like as an example, like a team that's a seller, you're right. Like, what do they care? They're not going to, yeah. The one thing I, I do th- want to add to this about the top four, I have no idea what the top four is going to look like by the end of the year. And obviously a trade will complicate it. But even if they don't I make any trades... I think they're going to acquire I, somebody, don't you? I do, but I can also Unless see... they call up Sandine and he looks really good. Like, that's the only other thing that... Yeah. Like, do you... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess Dermot potentially could show that he belongs there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess the question then would become... Like what? I, like what do your pairs look like once everybody's back? I don't know. Hello, <laughs> I'm here. I'm listening. <laughs> All right, number five. Fraser Fraser Crane is listening. Number five. Good reference. This is one of mine. This was a brutal one. Yikes. <laughs> oh man Rasmus this is Sandin. why Jonas Jonas has been casting this as mine are all safe terrible predictions because he went and looked back at his and he was like oh well man, I was I bold I was bold I screwed this up the bold really in the bad. headline is me the not oh, so I'm gonna bold look so bad 
Rasmus, we're gonna write an article about this looking back at our predictions and Jonas doesn't he, he's not happy about I it. I did it last year. I don't know if I did any better last year. I can't remember. Um Rasmus Sandin never plays another game for the Marlies. Nailed it. This was Dom this was dead zero, like Dom, Dom says zero percent chance. Yeah. This was dead in on like <laughs> October twelfth or something like that. Great job. He played six games, had two assists, he averaged twelve minutes a game. I thought he looked okay. He just he kind of got knocked around a little bit, and I think they just said, you know what, like I don't think that's the reason, and I I don't know why I didn't. What think do you think the reason is that 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 Hall played so well? No, I think the reason is it, they realized it didn't make any sense to have a nineteen year old playing twelve minutes on the third pair, like for a whole season. Like there that that wouldn't help him develop. Like it's better for him to play twenty five thirty minutes a game Whoa. from October to February for the Marlies, and then if you want him later bring him up then. But like he's not developing playing 12 minutes a game on the third pair. He's no, just but not. Jonas, I think the thought was that maybe he was going to play some other guys and like in camp he looked so good that I think oh, yeah. he was okay. going to play more he was going to play more than 12 minutes a game like Yeah. I mean, you fair. Yeah, obviously. Obviously the yeah. Well, I like did if they bring him there's there's talk now Chris Johnson's been talking about how they might bring him back here in the next you know, they're not carrying an extra D-man right now. Um my sneaking back, suspicion James him. Is I think he comes up. I don't know. Maybe it's not Sunday, but he. I think he's he's up soon. So you don't. Where do you weigh in? I, I wrote about this earlier this week. Where do you weigh in on the debate about burning the first year of his contract? They're trying to win a cup. I don't. I, if I'm them, I don't care. Burn it down. Burn it. Burn it to the ground. Burn it like. I, I'm okay with that. Anyway, my confidence in this was 75%. Great job, man. <laughs> Number six. The Tavares- that was really bold, Jonas. Good job. I did a great job. Here's where I got... This is a bold prediction. This, this is another bold one by you. The Tavares line is not together by the playoffs. Well, it was like their best line last year. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was... I think that's a bold prediction. And I think why well, it's thought, bold... You, you said off the top my predictions all sucked. No, I I never said they sucked. I said they were not bold. But this one is semi-bold. And the reason it's semi-bold is because you didn't know that that Mike Babcock would be let go uh, in late November. And what we knew of Mike Babcock is he kind of stuck with things as long as, like, he he wasn't as flexible as we've seen Sheldon Keefe become. And so there was every reason to think once all those guys were healthy that he was going to stick with it through to the end. And obviously, Keith well, if you read the way and, I wrote it, yeah, I was thinking Hyman was going to get moved to a different line. I was thinking that maybe they reunite Hyman with Matthews. But what we learned is that Hyman was part happened. of the reason for their success, huh? Yeah, partly. But I don't like. No one could have predicted. You're right. Like, really bold would have been to say they're going to fire Mike Babcock after 23 games, <laughs> and he's going to put Nylander with Tavares and Mikheyev's going to play really well, but then get hurt. And then Engvall is your third line center sometimes. And that those would have been bold predictions. Yes. We didn't, we didn't get any of those. We didn't get any of those right. I think the lesson is, but I did be... get right. What? Well, the Tavares line might be back together by the playoffs. So I might yes. be wrong. Yes. It might, might it wrong. might be reunited. So what is your confidence now? What's your percentage? You are 25% coming into the year. Yeah. I think it's more like 70%. Like, I I, I kind of like Hyman on that Matthews line. So, I mean, we'll see what they do when Yonson gets back. 
Okay, number seven. This one was one of mine. Morgan Riley puts up 70 points or close to it again. Oh, bold. And my confidence was 60%. What are you doing? Yeah, see, he was he had like a really high on-ice shooting percentage last year, right? He like did. a lot of he even said that in your story, right? Like everything kind of was going in and Yeah. Didn't he he had like 12 points in the first 5 games or something crazy and yeah, record. like there was just a lot of things a lot of things, but in fairness to you, okay, so how many what what percent chance do you think Dom put on that one? For right now? Yeah. 10%? He's saying, uh, he says, er, like 1%. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like, he's projecting Riley to get 50 points, so he's not going to get 70 points. So, like, he would have to have, like, he need he would need 45 points in the last 37 games. Like, the, and he's hurt, you know. And the thing that you couldn't have predicted is that Riley's basically had to play hurt. I should have p- Potentially all season. Yeah. Like, well... That would have been bold if you predicted he was going to be hurt all season. <laughs> or that his shooting percentage would just Next go- year, we're just going to predict random crap no one could predict. Look at how bold we were. On February 21st, the Leafs will beat the Blue Jackets 3-2. <laughs> well, that's not that bold because you know you can see the schedule in late September. I don't think it, I could have predicted that his shooting percentage would, would drop as substantially as it did. In my like in our story, I, I think I, I said 12 to 15 goals on like 6% shooting didn't feel crazy. And he's at like under 3%, like nothing. He's gone 33 straight games without a goal. Like it's crazy that the and only Barry's, guy who scored 20. Barry's last... shooting percentage is really low too. Yeah. And he shoots a lot. So. And Justin Hall's shooting percentage is really low. Yeah. And Cody Cece's is low. Less surprising, but yeah. Okay. Jake Muzzin's is pretty low. Yeah. They don't really score from the points. Okay. Nope. Number eight. This is your boldest, hottest take. I can't believe you did this. This is crazy, James. What were you thinking? Austin Matthews will hit 45 goals and 90 points to earn hard trophy votes. Very, very, very bold, James. And your confidence was only 35%. What's going on? I, I nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Man. If the goal with predictions is to get them right, I am... On top of the world right now. The next year, I'm just going to predict that he's going to score 10 goals. and like. So he's on pace for 56 goals and 98 points. Yeah. Yeah, but if you predict he's going to get 10 goals, the editor's going to take one look at it and be like, I'm not publishing this crap and delete it. <laughs> 45 goals and, and 90 points it. was not then he'll a assign it to he'll assign it to Cloak and you won't get to do the bold predictions anymore. <laughs> this was not bold. The only, like, this was always, like, I think it would have been more bold. Well, it was, you. like, stay healthy. I, you know what I was thinking was bold about that is the, like, how many assists he was going to put up. Because he's always kind of been a guy that. Yeah. I guess that's I fair. Know. You had 45 and 45, basically. It would have been more bold I mean, if you said this? he's going to score 50 and become, or, or beat Rick Vives' record and score 55. Yeah, but that would have been, been really that would have been really bold. It seemed just, like, too far-fetched, like, for him to make that so. kind of a jump. Like Why? So what's his career? His career high in assists was 36, but he did miss 12 games last year. So I don't know. Anyway, not I was a- just picturing this being the, I was picturing this being the season where he like I was a little bit low. Yeah, it should have been 50 goals and 95 points. Let me so, ask, well, let me ask do you want to hear What? Do you want to hear what Dom thinks about my prediction? I do. Go ahead. 
Yeah, he he says it's a ninety five percent chance he gets forty five goals. Yeah, good stuff. 95. Very bold. Let me ask you this: and though. the point the points is eighty percent chance that he gets ninety points. So it's not a, it's not done yet. Well, injuries is really the only thing I think that's gonna hurt him. Um, let me ask you this though: you mentioned like at the bottom of your prediction, I don't think he'll win the heart or even necessarily be nominated. But my guess is come April that he picks up some top five selections on at least a handful of. See, ballots. that's part of the prediction. Okay, but here's That's my question. That's part of the prediction. I there's think... some boldness there. <laughs> yeah, very bold. There's a there's a well, there's a sliver a heart of boldness. trophy. Well, you got to you got to be one of like the top eight players in the league. Let like, me ask you my question. That's a pretty good. There is a Let perceived me defend my prediction. You want to keep going? Go ahead. No, I'm done. Okay. I'm done. My question for you is: there is a perceived and and there's some merit to it. There's a perceived Toronto. Uh, bias. I wonder if that can work against someone like him, that there are going to be people who think that people like you and I are just inflating what he is and what he's done and whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, look at all those Leafs with all those heart votes over the years. Yeah, but they just keep racking them but up. But to be honest, those Leafs, the Leafs keep winning Norris's and hearts all the time. They've never had real candidates. Like, let's be honest, aside from Matt Sandin, like, he was never like a, a, I don't even know how high he would have ever finished for the heart. But do you think that 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 potentially will work against him? Like, do you think the only way he like is maybe taken more seriously by the rest of the league's voters is by getting to fifty and like maybe they win the division? It's I never thought about this before, but we deal with it a lot. I I probably spend more time reading my mentions on social media than you do, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I love I love a lot of you people, but some people, man. What I was going to say is that there's such backlash and animosity against the Leafs regionally from like other places right. and now it's now you get it from Buffalo and the Islanders but it's really the strongest in Western Canada mostly in Ottawa um I don't know I I don't want to say this but like I wonder if like some like the voting pool's big like I wonder if some of the voters might penalize some Leafs players as I don't know hopefully that like everyone that's got a vote is objective and everything but you remember there was that year when uh, didn't Jose Theodore won the heart, and mm-hmm. wasn't it like a Montreal writer didn't have Jerome McGinley on his ballot or something like that? Like didn't really? have him top five, even though again McGinley had like I think that okay, was okay. Well, that so happened. it's funny that you mentioned that. So the one the highest Matt Sundin ever finished for the heart was eighth, and it was that year, which is two thousand two, and McGinley finished. Uh, second, he had like fifty goals, and well, he lost by like uh, he lost by like almost nothing. Like well, he would have won if like some some of the Montreal writers like had him higher. I think so. They both got four hundred and thirty four votes. Theodore had twenty six first place votes, and Aginla had twenty three. Yeah. So. Yeah, but there were so so there were people that didn't have Aginla on their ballot in the top five. If For a they, guy like, who scored fifty two goals and had ninety six yeah. points. If he would have got like another fifth place, like if he would have been fifth place on one of those ballots, he would have won, right? He would have ended up with more points than Theodore. That's what I'm pretty sure. Like I wasn't covering the NHL quite at that point yet, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So like I'm not saying this is what's going to happen with Matthews, but like I don't know. Like there's – I don't know all the writers well enough to know if they would do that or not, but – It's not important. And the thing is like there are are more Toronto writers voting than there are – basically every other team like the Toronto contingent of writers is bigger. Yeah. But I I don't know. Okay. 
How many how many homers are in the PHWA that cover the Leafs? I don't even know if it's necessarily like the about homers. I just think that there is a sense like in other markets that the Leafs get too much attention. We make too much of their players. And so it'll be harder for one of them to win something? That's kind of what I'm implying. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyway, an idea. You know what someone should do for the Athletic is look back at some of these MVP races and see who should have won and who did win. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. Dom, if you're listening, okay. which you should be. Number nine. For, this, is number, this is one of mine, my last prediction. Frederick Anderson starts 66 games. And at the time, my confidence was 85%. I said I'd lock Whoa. in Anderson for at least 60, but history suggests 66. I'm still pretty confident that he's going to get close. What do you think? What's he on pace for? I haven't looked. I didn't. I haven't calculated. So he has yet. started 35 of 40, or 35 of 40. What is it? 45. Five. 45. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty close, right? Yeah. They have. <laughs> That's like low 60s, right? Yeah, they yeah, have. I mean, I'll, I'll figure it out here. So, James, they have four. I thought you would have done this. 64. That's 64. So, I'm going to say he doesn't get to 66. No. I mean, they, they, they seem to be making this push to play Hutchinson more. Okay, well, my rationale. Let me find my rationale. Rationale is their backup goalie. So, they have 37 games left, right? Four of them are back-to-backs. I feel like he's going to start at least 30 of those. Or close to it. I just think it's going okay. to get too tight, and I think it's going to get too hard not to play. Yeah. Him, and I do not well, buy def- this, this Michael Hutchinson that- resurgence. On a, like, I don't know. Like, it seems like the Leafs think there's something in Hutchinson that the rest of us don't see. Like, I don't know how seriously they looked for a backup. Well, evidence is in our favor. So, well, he's been good lately. He shut out the Islanders. He was very good in that. That's the best I've seen him since he's been a Leaf. He was excellent. He was not good in that Jersey game. Um, and then, so the trade deadline's coming in, like like we said, like six, seven weeks. If they decide not to add another goalie, and then Hutchinson plays really badly after the trade deadline, that is not going to look good. No. They're going to – I think he's getting there or close. All right. Last one. I think I think like yeah he, he will definitely be close. Okay. I mean like I he's on pace for sixty four. That sounds about right to me. So he might get to sixty six. Yeah. I just think that they're cognizant of like Anderson looks a bit burnt out right now, right? Yeah. And it's it's January. So. But the problem is it gets hard when you re, like it's a game you have to win, and yep. your other goalie is a question mark. Number yep. ten, the Myrtle special. This is this is. Uh well this is like sort of bold yeah I'll give it to you it's bold so it turns out three of mine were actually bold and he only <laughs> took issue with two well the others he were only just didn't like... like well the headline you put on the piece was bold and not so bold predictions so I made some that were less bold than others that oh, had fewer God. spicy tamales I look forward to next year <laughs> number ten from James Myrtle the Leafs finally get out of the first round and go on a run. Confidence, well, that 50%. Looked bold. That looked bold a few weeks ago. Would I say you know 50%? What, you know what your last line was? If they get this done, Mike Babcock isn't going anywhere. <laughs> See, that's bold. Bold. <laughs> well, who would have thought that they would win? Like, they, 
like here's a bold prediction. Someone could have predicted that they win three rounds, but that Babcock will be fired, and they 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 could be right. That's they could win bold. the cup, and Babcock got and Babcock got fired. Like that would be. Yeah. <laughs> so Dom says uh, the chance they get out of the first round is thirty eight percent right now, and it's because there's still a chance they don't make the playoffs. A small one, but there's still a chance. And uh, obviously, if they do get in, they got to play a really good team. So. That uh, I don't know. That prediction's re- relatively bold. If their division makes it bold, like it's hard to get out of the first round in yeah, that division. Very hard. Who do you think they would rather play? I don't know. Probably Tampa, right? Like I don't know. I I still feel like Boston's in their head. That building too is like it's an intimidating building to go into. Yes, very. It's awesome. The atmosphere there, if they play Boston again and you're a diehard Leafs fan, try and go to a game there in Boston because it's it's uh, maybe, I don't know if you want to wear a jersey or not. If you have kids, maybe don't wear jerseys, but like it's it's awesome there. I'm not sure. It'd be round four for you and me. You and me at the Tudor Wharf Residence Inn <laughs> podcast, until, podcast until three in the morning after game one. You know what? I kind of think there is something to... If for them, I think it would just be such a confidence booster if they beat them. Like I could, if like I feel like if you beat if they beat the the Bruins in the first round, their chances of like obviously their chances of going to the the final increase. No shit. But it it would feel like that would kind of be like the the fuel. Like once you you kind of conquer the mountain or you climb that mountain. I don't. know. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, but they could play. They could conquer the mountain yeah. after beating Tampa in the first round, right? Like true, but I know, just I mean, think like, psychologically there's something. Anyway, yeah, I was thinking that going into last year, but the other thing too, Jonas, is that they could go into the playoffs playing a lot better than they were last year. Yeah, and I think that that would be different psychologically and everything than than what happened, you know, in in those other series. Like I predicted the Leafs would lose last year in that series mostly just because I thought I didn't like the way they looked and that doesn't necessarily have to be the case this year all right good job I think that was that yours were a little bolder than I am giving you credit for except for a couple which you were, were just disappointed when bold. you looked at your, your I went Sandman bolder prediction. than you I'm gonna okay. try to I mean it's I think next year I'm just gonna try to get them all right and just be very boring Come on. This is all for fun. This is like, that's why we're doing this podcast. All right. Well, I have to run. So we will be back next week. It's good to be back. It's good to talk to you again. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you next week. Peace. All right. Till next time, Jonas. Till next time. See ya. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.